God has worked in our life, and it's an absolute miracle. It's just whatever he's done has been God. I'm nothing outside Wayne, as you know, without Jesus, and he's radically changed my heart and my life. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today you'll meet a man with a passion to share Christ with everyone he meets. You'll hear Don Rice's story in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in. In addition to each week's radio guest, all of our past programs are archived online for listening anytime at firstpersoninterview.com. Plus, with our new iPhone app, you can take First Person's huge archive of interviews with you in the car or to the beach this summer. You can download the app for free from Apple, and those of you who are Android users, watch for your version of the app later this summer. Well, one more thing before we turn to today's guest. If you have a desire to see the gospel proclaimed in many of the hard-to-reach places of the world, please visit us at firstpersoninterview.com and click on the banner for the Far East Broadcasting Company to learn more about using radio to reach people with God's Word in their own language. Well, Don Rice is a financial planner who lives in central Illinois. I know Don because he chairs the board for the radio ministry of WBNH, one of the many stations that carries this program. And I wanted you to meet Don because of the joy he has in striking up natural conversations with people about Jesus Christ. Don and I sat down to talk during a break in the station's busy share I came out of the Army. I was drafted into military, spent a couple of years in Germany, came back, and I thought, man, if I... If I'm going to leave, be single the rest of my life, I better be finding a girl, you know, <laughs> and a wife. And so I, I uh, started messing around and looking, and and I'd been engaged to two of the women before that time. Okay. And um, so I came back, and um, I, I was living in an apartment with a buddy, another single guy, and um, and downstairs was a couple, a young married couple, and and the this lady that was downstairs worked with Sue. And uh, Sue, uh, she decided that Sue ought to meet these two bachelors upstairs in this apartment. <laughs> so she set up a party and, uh, and where we could meet him. Well, she came over and I had a girlfriend and told her to go home because my buddy was down to her talking to this Sue and he didn't come back. I thought, boy, she must be pretty good looking. So I, <laughs> I wanted to go down and meet her. <laughs> you weren't going to let so, that one slip by. No, I wasn't. Yeah. And so... Uh, so then this, this uh, lady set up a party so that she could come and we could meet, you know, and, and talk. Well, we set up the party and I came to the party. Well, Sue brought her boyfriend. Oh, no. <laughs> and so we're messing around talking. Well, I that saw, throws cold water that on was, it. I thought, what in the world? Yeah. So then I said, um, she walked out in the kitchen and I suddenly walked out to the kitchen and I said, Hey, Sue, why don't you, uh, the guy out there, why don't you get rid of him and then come back? Did you really do that? <laughs> and I, she said, well, I don't know. And she said, well, I guess I can. <laughs> and so by the time, uh, so she, anyway, she, we went on with the party. Well, you got to realize that I was not saved and I was an alcoholic. At that and, time? But, yes. How old were you, Don? I was about 24 years of age. And an alcoholic. Yep. Hmm. And uh, because of the military, okay, I was in Germany, and I, and I had never taken a drink until I got to Germany, and then uh, I just drank until I got drunk. Yeah, every time we start drinking. Yeah, 
And so she came back, and I was so looped, I didn't really care. Oh. And then she gave me her phone number, though. <laughs> and, and so about the next week, I called her on the phone, and I got the Peoria Park District. And I thought, <laughs> well, she gave me a bum stare. <laughs> so then my buddy and I, we would go to the Peoria Club Peoria, and that's where, I, at that time, where everybody hung out. And so here Sue was there. Beautiful girl, dark brown eyes, five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous and here she is over there dancing and i went up and asked her to dance and and then we ended up in or dancing the rest of our life mm -hmm. <laughs> so so you married that girl sue i married sue and uh then i met her, her uh mother and so i went to her home and it wasn't 10 minutes when i was in the room she said uh don uh are you saved <laughs> and i said <laughs> Uh, what do you mean, safe? Safe from what? You had no content. I had no, I had no content of what that meant, you know. So that lady started praying for me, my mother-in-law. Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, Sue, after we were married so much, and I mean, Sue and I fought like cats and dogs. Mm. I mean, I would get mad mm. and you were still getting uh, drunk. Yeah, I was still drinking, and we would yell at each other, and I mean, I would just boil my head would hurt mm. from anger and she said don she was raised in a christian home she thought she was saved okay now here's what happened <laughs> she said we got to start going to church if we're going to stay together and i said well baby you go ahead i'm going to stay in the rack and read the funny papers and mm. and uh so then she uh started going to church i thought well you know maybe i ought to do something if i got to live with this lady the rest of my life and so I said, well, let's go, but we're not, I'm not going to your denomination. She said, I'm not going to yours. So here we were. We had another standoff, fight. yeah. And then we decided to go. So we started going to almost every church in, in Pekin, Illinois. And finally, my mother-in-law, who I really thought a lot of, I never saw anybody like this lady. She said, Don, no, I th this is a young pastor at this church. I even though it's a Baptist church, I said, she said, I think you would really like this guy. I said, okay, I'll go. And so anyway, I came back and told Sue, I said, now look at honey, I'm going to this church. It's not because of you. I'm going because of your mom. <laughs> I said Let's that be straight. clear about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, you know. So anyway, I, I went to this church, and every church I went to, when they go out the door, the pastor would shake my hand, and he'd be looking all over. It was like wishy-washy. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No like connection. He, no connection. Yeah. So then I went to this church, and his name was Don Ingram. And Don Ingram. I Don know that name. Ingram. Yeah. And he was a Youth Christ guy and ended up as a pastor in this church. And when I went out, Don said, man, he took my hand firm, looked me in the eyes and said, I'm so glad that you're here. He said, will you come back? Hmm. And you know what? I saw something, that man. Hmm. And I said, yes, I will. And it was two weeks later, he came and called us in our apartment and shared the gospel with me. Well, I sat under his ministry three months. So I was getting under conviction to give my life to Jesus, but I didn't want my life to change. Mm -hmm. And so I fought it. And I couldn't believe he talked about the holiness of God. And I thought, how in the world can a holy, righteous God forgive me, a sinner like I was? I mean, I had done everything in the book. And he kept it up. And the biggest scripture that really got me was, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be 
saved. Man, no, no, no wiggle room. There. No wiggle room, Wayne. Yeah. I mean, I I wrestle with that. Well, one Sunday morning, he really hit the gospel, and I was really bothered by it. And I got Sue, and I got this other couple, and I mean, we went out drinking. And I never had got that drunk, even in oh. Germany. She kicked me out of bed, made oh. me go to the office. Oh. I passed out almost on my desk. And I woke up, and I, I called her, and I said, Honey, I know what you think. And I said, But I think I got the flu. Oh. And she went, Flu baloney? I'm going to my mother's. <laughs> Bang. I mean, she slammed the flu down on the phone. And uh, so pretty soon I went home. She was gone. And I fell on that bed, and I woke up, and it was dark, and the moon was out. We lived in an upstairs apartment. You know, Wayne, my whole life went before me. Mm. And I said, you know, if i got to live like this the rest of my life, it isn't worth living. Mm. And then these scriptures kept coming back to me, and the one was, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name shall be saved. Well, you know what happened? We had these long windows in this old apartment house and I it was the moon was out full I got on my knees I looked up to that moon and I prayed this prayer God I don't even know that you exist but if you do I said I want your son Jesus to forgive me of my sin come into my life and be my personal savior if you do that I will live for you the rest of my life and you meant it I meant it and you know what I got up off my knees, and I was a brand new Christian, as clean, as clean, as clean as any perfect human being could be. That's what happens. Because of the blood of Jesus. That's what happens, right? And you know what? I started having a love for the Word of God. I wanted to be around His people, and I was excited. Was it a struggle to give up the addiction to drinking? Yes. But you know, once I did that, I made that decision, Wayne. I've never had a drink since. Since that day? Since that day. Amazing. Isn't that a story? Wow. That's the power of the Holy Spirit of God living in a person. Yeah. It's the only way that people today are going to conquer addictions in their life hmm. is through the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Understood. In and sealed. I believe that Amen. too. I believe and that. after that, Wayne, my life changed. I started loving my wife, uh, wanting to be at church, wanting to read the word. And after that, she calls her mother on the phone, and her mother called her, I'm sorry, and she was home, and she said, I want you to listen to this preacher on the radio station, and Susie, oh, yeah, I don't want, you know. So anyway, she turned on the radio. It was Oliver Green. Do you remember <laughs> Oliver Green? I don't, know. Oh, he was a hellfire preacher, man. On, <laughs> I mean, he was, you know. And anyway, he gave the gospel out. When he got done on the program, Sue's there by herself at home. He said, you... You that think you're a Christian, but yet you know that if you died, you're not for sure that you go to heaven. That spoke to her. Mm. She got on her knees and accepted Jesus from that point on. And how long have the two of you been married now? 48 years. 48 years. And we married three months after we met. Isn't that a story? (laughs) God God is worse in our life, and it's an absolute miracle. I wish I could go on. It's just whatever he's done. Has been God. I'm nothing outside Wayne, as you know, without Jesus. And he's radically changed my heart and my life. We'll continue this conversation with Don Rice on today's edition of First Person. Stay tuned. 
In cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, we're now producing the daily radio program FEBC Today with Ed Cannon. When you click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com or the banner on our new iPhone iPad app for First Person, you'll learn more about what you can do to assist FEBC in taking Christ to the world through radio and new technology. Learn more at firstpersoninterview.com or download the First Person smartphone app today. It's a lot of fun to have my friend Don Rice on First Person with me today. Don is a a businessman. Well, you say what you do in life, Don. You tell us what you do in life. Financial planning, insurance, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a country financial agent. I've been one for 45 years. Uh, and you're good at it, I know. Well, I know you're very good at it because I, I hear about it from a lot of people. So, <laughs> Now, you, you gave your life to Christ after mm-hmm. just a rough start in life. Uh, yes. Alcoholism yes. and uh, a tough start to your 25 marriage. 25 years of age. And uh, you and Sue have been so happily married now, serving Christ all these years while you've been in business. Um, I want to talk to you about soul winning, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about what happened to you in Africa. How did you find yourself in Africa when, <laughs> when you got so sick? Well, what happened is um, a missionary couple that we support, he's a minister in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, and his wife, Leah, and uh, he asked me to go home over there and preach in his church, and I wrote a gospel track, and to train 20 pastors that he is over on evangelism. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to fly, Wayne. And for me to fly 16 hours in <laughs> yeah, Africa, yeah. that was a good That's that was a test, something. yeah. Why yeah. I said yes to it, I'll never understand to this day. <laughs> he asked me if I'd come. I said, Paul, if that's what God wants me to do, I'll, I'll come. So anyway, I ended up in Africa. Preaching church absolutely loved it. The Spirit of God, man, was just on fire with those people and those people. I love those people. Yeah, They love me. And uh, and then I trained for three days his 20 pastors that he's in charge of. Now, how long ago was this? Uh, two years ago. Just two years ago? Two years ago. Well, the next day, and we were set to go on a, um, a tour to see all the animals. What is, uh, the safari, safari kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that morning, I bloated up in my belly. Oh. And... Leah, his wife, uh, we, I was staying in their home. She said, Don, I'm gonna, you're going to have to go to the hospital. I said, nah, I think I'm okay. No, you're going to the hospital. <laughs> and so in this little community of Kajobi, uh, Africa, is an African Inland Mission Hospital. But it's, you know. <laughs> Pretty modest by our yeah, standards, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, she got me down there and got me right in. They had an, all they had was an x-ray machine. They took an x-ray, said, Don, your, your colon is blocked 100%. I couldn't, you know, do anything. I mean, I just floated up. When, and so uh, they said, we're going to let you sit here for a day and see if it will break loose. It didn't break loose. They woke me up at 11 o'clock at night. And said, "You got to go to Kajobi and have a CAT scan." I got in this. I got in this ambulance, which was like a 1960 Toyota van with a bench, wooden bench in the back of it, <laughs> and your feet and this, hanging out the back end. And this end. driver <laughs> takes me around, pushes this flat steel gurney on it to go in this Toyota van. Yeah, and he starts to shut the back door, and the two girls were sitting behind me. They started screaming, don't shut the door. Or cut his feet off. <laughs> My feet were outside the van. Oh, oh, man. Oh. So he, gets, he shoves me back in, shuts yeah. the door down. We start going up this 5,000-foot mountain. Halfway up, this gurney unlocks, and I'm sliding out the back oh, no. end of this band 
2,000-foot drop on the side of the mountain. These girls are screaming. They actually leaned out and grabbed my gurney and kept me inside that van. But you made it to the hospital. I made it to the hospital. And they had to do emergency surgery. No. No? I had to go through a CAT scan and then come back another hour on these horrible roads. And when I got back, they put me in my bed. And when they put me in their bed, this full-time missionary surgeon leaned over in my face, said, Donald, three things are going to happen to you in a short time. You're going to have a heart attack, stroke, or you're going to die if we don't do surgery. Hmm. And, man, I've never been hit like that in my life, Wayne. Now, you're before. a long way from home. Uh, nobody with me. And I said, do I have time to pray? <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I just prayed out loud, God, I'm ready to meet you if you want me. But, boy, I'd love to see my family. I mean, tears came in my eyes. Mm. And I said, can I call my wife? I called her. She's crying over the phone. Don, you can't have surgery in, in Africa. Are you crazy? I said, honey, I'm, I'm going to have it in five minutes. Right, right. And they actually ran me down these hallways, opened this big black door, and all that was in this room was a, a table, operating table with a leather thing and strapped me like a cross. And this missionary surgeon leaned over my eyes, said, Donald, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to put you out. I'm going to see you in five and a half hours. And I had a black colon, and they took part of my colon out and sewed me up, and I came to. Every part of that story is God's provision, miraculous provision for you. Oh, Wayne. Being so far away from home when that oh, happened. I mean, I thought I was coming home in a box. Yeah. My doctor back here looked at all my medical records, and he said, Don, you should have died. Don, another reason I wanted to talk to you today is the fact that you have taught me how to begin a conversation with someone about the Lord. This is just something, this is what you do naturally, isn't it? I (laughs) mean, you've told me story after story. I want you, we have time to tell a couple of these stories and how you approach people and just make it a natural conversation that leads right to Jesus. Well, three things that I I believe to, to really be a witness for Jesus. One, you have to prepare yourself. Okay. Now, when I teach in a little evangelism thing, what really brought me to be a witness was the fact that evangelist came one year after I accepted Jesus, challenged me to, re- to memorize 10 scriptures on salvation so that I would have it in my heart. I don't need a Bible. I don't need that. It's in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's in my mind. It's in my soul, these mm-hmm. 10 scriptures. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk to somebody, I, I give them this little packet of 10 scriptures to memorize. Okay. Okay? So that convicted me. So that's step one. And step one, yes, memorize 10 scriptures on salvation. Steps. Two is then I teach him that, look, pray and ask God to open up a door for you for that day to witness and share your testimony with. He will do it. Hmm. Secondly, then you, during the day, you, you listen for that opportunity that God has placed before you. Well, give me an example of that. What are you listening for? Well, here's, here's what happened to me just this morning. I, I came to the studio. Well, on my way, I stopped and got coffee. Okay, at Casey's. Here's a little genius. corner grocery store, yeah, gas station. Yeah. Okay. And she's sitting behind the counter. She says, well, have a great day. I said, well, you know what? It's going to be a great day because I'm going to be on the radio station uh, of a Christian station, and it's going to be an awesome day. And, huh. and you know, and, and I, so I paid for my stuff, went out to the car. God said, give her a track, man. <laughs> and <laughs> so I went out in my car and got my track, went back in, and I said, you know what, Gina, i got to share with you a great, why it's going to be a great day in my life. You know, when I was 25, I was an alcoholic, and, he, and in this gospel message is how I 
overcame alcoholism and accepted Jesus, and he radically changed my life. And you know what? He can change yours. So do people react negatively? Do they Never. reject? No? Never. Never. Will they That's amazing. Never. And you know, the lady that owned the tower, when we started this station that we broadcast until we got our own tower, I spent time with her, prayed with her when we first came together to talk about the ministry of the station and to use her tower. And we became friends. And then she opened up, and then she wanted to give us her tower. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, great. And Scott Cruz. And I went and met her at a restaurant. Yeah. Scott was the manager of this radio station yes. back then. I, I, I got to ask you, you said step one was memorize scripture. Yeah. Step two? To pray. Okay? Okay. Step three is to, during the day, witness for the one that you're asking God to open up the door that you can witness to. Okay, you, you got to start. You got to do it. Yes, you got to do it. You got to be in your mind. You got to be thinking about Jesus. Okay, you pray and ask Jesus to open up a door. And then you listen during the day for the one that he's going to bring in your path. And then you got to know and you got to learn how to write out your testimony. One, just share a little bit about your past. I was an alcoholic. I'm not going to go into that. I just say that I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. People understand that. Mm -hmm. And you have something in your life that you can tell about. Yeah. And then you go right in to your personal testimony. Yeah. And then if you have time and you can go through a gospel message with her, but always use scripture in your testimony. Like, because what? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of That's God. Right. You understand? Yep. And I always share that it was the scripture of whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you use scripture as you're telling your testimony. You gotta, see, you've got to prepare yourself to be a witness and have no fear. Because you know what? I've ever, I, every time that I've ever asked somebody about the gospel and shared my testimony and to be a witness to them, nobody has turned me down. Hmm. And people have come to know Jesus. Don, you look back on your life from that time when God saved you, redeemed you, rescued you, put you together with Sue, who's been your wife all these years, served him all these years, witnessed for him all these years. What does Jesus mean to you right now, Don Rice, sitting here in this room? He's my life. <laughs> That's all I can say. He's my life. Wayne, I never can understand, even today, why would Jesus except me. I, I've never understood that. I mean, that is unbelievable love. And you know, I really questioned about that decision when I accepted Jesus. One of the things was, you know, I never have seen him. I never have talked to him. But yet he claims that he was God. Well, what really convinced me that he was God? First John chapter 1. John saw Jesus. He testified. He ate with him. He touched him, he lived with him, yep. and he's a testimony that he was God. And you know what? Everything in our history of our life, we only know because man has written it down and we accept it. And you know, from that scripture is how I surrendered to Jesus. Our guest today, Don Rice, a financial planner, but first and foremost, a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to go back and re-listen to today's conversation or invite someone else to listen, please go online to firstpersoninterview.com where you can stream this program at your convenience. If you use an iPhone, you can download our free iPhone app and any program is available for listening on the go. Just click on the app banner at firstpersoninterview.com. 
This program is produced in partnership with the Far East Broadcasting Company. And next week, our guest will be Pastor Herbert Cooper of Oklahoma City. His life is summed up by the phrase, but God changes everything. I hope you'll join us as you meet Herbert Cooper next week. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.